We all want some level of safety and security. Firefighters, construction workers, EMT. They're all there when you need them to help manage life's chaos. In retirement, you want that same level of safety, but who is there for you to make sure your money will last? Brian isn't just there in case of emergency. He's there so you don't have an emergency with your money. A safer retirement doesn't mean a boring retirement, but a prepared one full of the things that inspire you. This is Safer Retirement Radio with Brian J. Decker. Welcome to Safer Retirement Radio with Brian J. Decker and Neil Finning of Decker Retirement Planning. You can always go to the website to learn more about the team. Brian, Neil, and the team, DeckerRetirementPlanning.com, Decker. D-E-C-K-E-R, DeckerRetirementPlanning.com. And as I say every week on this program, you can always go to that website. Besides learning about the team, there's great information on the website as well. But there's also some things that you can download for yourself, including Brian's book on a retirement, The Decker Approach, Three Principles of Retirement Book, The Checklist Challenge, Sample Income Plan. That's just four of the 12 things you could download. That is on the website, DeckerRetirementPlanning.com, under the heading of Safer Retirement Education, No Cost for You. Uh, you can take any or all. It's just really there for your information. Maybe you'll have some questions after that. You want to call the team. Well, you can do that as well. 833-707-3030. 833-707-3030. I'm Mark Elliott. Glad you're with us today. We're going to talk about the debt ceiling, and we're going to talk about Brian skiing in May. So a lot going on. Brian, how are you? Good. How are you, Mark? Good. Neil, yeah. you ready to go? Yeah. You didn't ski this weekend, did you? I'd, I wish that I had, um, but you know, Utah's got the record snowfall, so... Um, the Northwest does not have the same uh, amount of snow laying on the ground. And Mark, you're a celebrity. You took second place in uh, your tournament over the weekend. That's sad. It's always, uh, you know, Neil told me, he said, if you're not first, you're last. <laughs> so there you have it. There you have it. Hey, we're going to talk about the debt ceiling. And why are we talking about the debt ceiling, Brian? Because the debt ceiling, I don't think we've ever reneged on our on our debt. We've always paid our debt. So they will. Now, here's the interesting part. I was reading an article about this. Since 1980, 78 times we have been the Congress has decided, hey, let's raise the debt ceiling. It used to be, okay, we're going to do budget cuts. We're going to stay within our, our budget. We're not going to raise the debt ceiling. But since 1980, 49 times Republicans have raised the debt ceiling, 29 times the Democrats have raised the debt ceiling. And that's when their presidents are in office and all of that. But you think about it, they will. we don't become better with our money. We just raise, we could just go a little bit farther in debt, I guess. How do you look at that, Brian? I, I blame the media for the bad information that's going out there. What you just said is exactly true. We've always come to a, a, a we've always raised the debt ceiling and moved things forward. Never been a, a default. We'll talk about the type of default that happened in, I think it was 1978 or something like that. We'll get to that in a second. But I blame the media because they're, they like the clickbait. They like what sells. They like the the uh, the headlines they're they're saying things that are just so ridiculous like quote if Congress doesn't raise the debt ceiling the Treasury will run out of money or the U S will default on its debt that's another one or the markets and the economy will crash here's here's a couple of things that have been said just recently about the debt ceiling and again this is misinformation on behalf of the media uh, they're saying that. Uh, the Washington Post said time is running out on Congress to raise the debt ceiling and get this, prevent the nation from defaulting, a scenario that could destabilize global markets and devastate the economy. Um, it, there's just a lot of that that's out there. So 
Hey, Neil, let me throw this to you. So explain what the dealing is anyhow, just define it. And then we'll talk about um, why it's important, why it's there, it's constitutionally added, and and we'll go from there. But tell us what the debt ceiling is. Yeah, so the right now, I mean, the U.S. government um, doesn't get in as much revenue as it spends. So the debt ceiling is a way for us to continue to spend above technically our means. Um, so when we raise the debt ceiling, we're actually allowing more room for spending to increase regardless of the revenue that we're getting. Um, and so if we have a hard line, that means that we have to come up with extraordinary measures to either reduce the amount of spending that we have, like furloughing employees, um, or dramatically increase revenue, one of which is easier to do than the other. Um, and so that's why there's a debate about raising the debt ceiling. We need more room to continue to spend. So I, I think of it as the credit limit on our credit card. So the limit, the debt ceiling limit applies to almost all federal debt. It's kind of interesting. 22.3 trillion of debt held by the public, 6.2 by the government that it owes, um, things like social security, Medicare, trust funds. So as a result, the debt continues to rise due to both the budget deficits that are financed by borrowing from the public and the trust fund surpluses, which are invested in treasury bills with the promise to repay that later with interest. All that is the quote unquote debt. The credit limit uh, on the government is that debt ceiling deal that you talked about. So Mark, you mentioned this since 1980, there's been, gosh, 70, 78 times, 49 times under Republicans, 29 times under Democrats, that the debt ceiling has been raised. So, trick but if question. you think about it, though, Brian, if you think about it, during Trump's presidency, they had to raise the debt ceiling during that. Of course, the Democrats then go, it's Republicans out of control with spending. Well, now it's Biden's president, and it's the Republicans going, the Democrats are out of control with their spending. They do, it doesn't even matter which party's in place. They've got some issues. All right, so your question is, well, your drink question? And, and you you make an important point. This debt ceiling is a political it, it's a political issue more than anything else. But uh, Neil, important question: Has the U.S. ever defaulted on its debt? It has never defaulted on its debt. No, on a on an actual default, you're right. But in 1979, there was a technical default where um, Congress had passed the debt ceiling, but not in time. The deadline came and went, so there was a quote unquote technical default. There wasn't an actual default. Now, what happens when you actually default is like what happened in Mexico in the 1990s when on Tuesday they said that they weren't going to default and then on Thursday they defaulted. And it, they weren't fooling anyone because it the currency had plummeted, interest rates had skyrocketed, inflation was high. It's what's happening right now, interestingly enough, in Argentina. Argentina defaults on their debt and and crashes their currency every 15 years like clockwork. But Russia did it, Mexico did it, and Argentina does it all the time. So are the ways that you can tell if there is a real fear worldwide of default is looking at the currency, the CPI, which is the inflation index, and uh, the interest rates. And none of those, Neil, Mark, none of those are saying that the U.S. is going to default. All right, Neil, anything else that you want to mention on uh, the debt ceiling issue before we talk about real issues, real tragedies? Um, only that a couple of times in the past have we actually cut spending like 2011 and 2013. 
Um, so that might be something that we need to be aware of. But to your point about actual defaults versus technical defaults, um, we've only actually ever technically defaulted, in which case we just stall payments, but everything was still guaranteed um, to be delivered at a later point. And by the way, those budget cuts weren't cuts at all. They were cuts in the growth rate. They were never cuts, actual dollar cuts in the budgets. Isn't that interesting? Sounds about right. Um, let's talk about a real issue, which is we just sent over a whole bunch of military stuff to Taiwan uh, in defiance of China. That situation is really heating up. More people are concerned about China invading Taiwan, which would be a worldwide uh, crisis, than uh, the 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 debt ceiling issue. So, how do you protect assets? Let's let's uh, talk about this. Many clients come to you, Neil, and they're 60, 40, 70, 30 because, quote, they've always done it that way. Tell, let's start from the top. Why is it that the, the, the rules that you use to build your estate aren't the ones that you use once you retire? What's the difference? Well, I mean, the difference between accumulation versus distribution. Accumulation, you're still able to rely on, um, you know, your wages and your working years to reimburse yourself if there is a problem um, or continue to purchase more assets over time. And then when you transition to that distribution phase, that's where you're using that money to live off of. So, you know, if there is a crisis during that time and it affects your assets, that can affect, you know, your standard of living. Um, and the goals that you want to accomplish. So there is a major change that you need to consider uh, when you go into your retirement years. So I'm going to say what you said differently. Let's say markets are down 30 or 40 percent and you're 25, 35, 45, 50 years old, uh, Neil, your income's coming from work, right? Yes. And your portfolio, your 401k is down 40 or 50 percent and you're kicking money in every two weeks. Are you concerned? No, because I'm going to, you know, amplify my returns on the way back out. Because your dollar cost averaging into a down market so that when it recovers, you're better off for it. Okay, so now let's flip it. You're 65 years old. You're retired. Your income comes from your portfolio. Boom, that's down 40 or 50%. Are you concerned? I am concerned. Now now I'm staring down, you know, sequence of return risk, which means, you know, I've I've already taken money out. So it's accentuating my losses as the market's going down. And then I don't have the money to kind of reimburse myself on the way back out. So you're you're kind of hamstringing yourself early on in retirement. Yeah. When you we're a math based firm at Decker Retirement, we are for true fiduciaries and we are a math based firm. So that means that when you draw income from a fluctuating account, you compromise gains when markets go up, you accentuate losses when markets go down. So what happens to our portfolios, like last year, bonds were down 20%, S&P was down 19, NASDAQ was down 33. How much did you lose in your, I don't know, your principal guaranteed accounts? How much did you lose? Didn't lose anything in those accounts. And you had some accounts that actually made money that were interest-bearing like CDs, right? Correct. So those made money. Surely you took a major hit in your risk buckets, right? No, didn't. Okay, when you put together the risk portfolio plus the money you made, combine everything, did you actually make money last year in the yeah, typical portfolio? Positive, positive one or positive two. Okay, there's not many people in the country that can say that. So let's do a deep dive into how you do that. So if, if uh, I don't know, if China invades Taiwan and the markets go down hard for people in retirement and they fully expect that, 
Will a 60-40, 70-30 portfolio protect them? And how how are your portfolios different? I know that's going to be uh, probably a 10-minute answer. Yeah, I mean, that's that's more of a, a, a longer answer. And it really kind of um, depends on the person's situation, that discussion. Uh, but there, I, wh- the way that we build um, portfolios here is to make sure that the income is coming in consistently and won't be affected by a stock market. If we're a 60-40 split, the split is, you know, 40% bonds, 60% stock. Um, and we look at 2022, right, as a prime example. Interest rates going up, the stock market crashing. Both of those asset classes are depreciating almost uh, in, in tandem, right? So almost the same amount down just because interest rates affect both of those uh, pretty dramatically. So now potentially going into a crisis with China, let's say they invade Taiwan, um, same kind of thing. Both assets uh, will depreciate, maybe not in tandem like they have, but they will depreciate. And so what we look to do is to make sure that um, what we have is cash flow and the way that we built it is so that that's coming in consistently every month, not using assets that are susceptible to depreciation. So principal guarantee is kind of tantamount and fundamental to the way that we plan this so that we've got, you know, 5, 10, 15, 20 years worth of income already established um, and growing so that, you know, what you're able to purchase now, you're also able to purchase in the future. So your standard of living stays the same with those cost of living adjustments. So it's really important that we, instead of just diversifying it between bonds and stock, that we look to make sure that that cash flow is principal guaranteed and consistent. So as we get, as we move along on Safer Retirement Radio here with Brian and Neil of Decker Retirement, we're going to talk about a lot of things. What happens actually if the debt ceiling would crash? Well, it's never happened before, but there's certainly some things that could happen. What are some of the tools maybe we could think about putting into our retirement tool belt? We're going to talk about that as well. And Brian, just so you know, that Taiwan deal, that was the U.S. has approved the potential sale of $619 million in new weapons, including missiles, for its F-16 fleet for Taiwan. See, so if you're in a credit crunch, sell $619 million worth of military stuff to Taiwan. Cut back on that debt ceiling. That's what we're doing. We're trying to find ways around this. we got a lot going. we got a lot to get to. If you have any questions, though, hey, what should I be doing? I'm a little nervous, whether it's the debt ceiling or just the economy or the world, where we're going, what's going on. Boy, the market's been bumpy. What do I do? 833-707-3030 is the number to talk with Brian Neal and the team at Decker Retirement. No cost to you. 833-707-3030. We're just getting started. A lot more to get to. Stay with us. We're back with more with Brian and Neal. This is Safer Retirement Radio. Have you ever done something and then thought, well, that was a giant waste of money? You might have that same thought in retirement if you don't plan for taxes. Call the team at Decker Retirement Planning to make sure you aren't giving more to Uncle Sam than you have to. 833-707-3030. That's 833-707-3030. Decker Retirement Planning has a question for you. Is your retirement inflation-proofed? Here's what we mean. In retirement, chances are you're on a fixed income with variable expenses. So how do you not run out of money when the cost of just about everything continues to go up? You inflation-proof it. Brian Decker and the team at Decker Retirement Planning can show you strategies to help combat inflation so it doesn't outpace your retirement income. Call Brian Decker today at 833-707-3030. 
to learn more. Inflation could take a huge chunk out of your retirement savings, but it doesn't have to. With some simple planning, inflation can go from being a major disruption to a minor annoyance. Call Brian and the team at Decker Retirement Planning now to start inflation-proofing your retirement today at 833-707-3030. 833-707-3030. Investing involves risk. Security and insurance services offered by Decker Retirement Planning, a registered investment advisor with the SEC. You're listening to Safer Retirement Radio. If you like what you hear on today's show or have questions, drop by DeckerRetirementPlanning.com or call 833-707-3030 to talk to Brian. Welcome back to Safer Retirement Radio with Brian J. Decker and Neil Finning of Decker Retirement Planning. You can always find out more about Brian and the team, DeckerRetirementPlanning.com, DeckerRetirementPlanning.com. Questions. Hey, what should I be doing right now? 2022, obviously not good stocks and bonds, not a good year at all. Only the third time in history they both went down in the same calendar year. So where should I be? Where The economy's weird. Inflation's a factor. Interest rates are rising. I don't even know what to do. That's really the question. What should we be doing? Where should we be targeting? Uh, the good thing was, Brian, when I was five, my grandparents bought me five shares of Berkshire Hathaway. 1964, it was $20 a share. Now, there's B shares. Well, there no, they didn't have B shares probably in 1964. It was just the share. So if they'd actually done that, I would not be doing this show right now. I would be retired because uh, I think they're $450,000 at a share right now or something like that. So that didn't happen. Sorry. Sorry to say it didn't happen. But what should you be doing? Where should you be looking with your, your market funds and your portfolio safety versus growth? It's a big question. It's a big decision to make at this point. 833-707-3030 is the number, 833-707-3030. Neil, that would have been a cool thing, though, if they'd have done that. Oh, I think that would have been really cool to see. Yes, absolutely. So, Brian, a lot of movies, we're talking about the debt ceiling, and we're deciding that that's, we're not going to default. We've never defaulted. You said we did have a technical default in 1979, but we're not going to default. And both parties will raise a debt ceiling. It's not just one party or the other. Now, if the Republicans are raising it, the Democrats are saying the Republicans are out of control. Obviously, this time it's the Democrats needing to raise it. So the Republicans will say the Democrats are out of control. We know they're both crazy. So here's the deal. Debt ceiling, not a huge factor. Obviously, if we would actually default, it would cause all kinds of ripples throughout the world. So Brian, where are you going now? Because one of the cool things about when you, you walk people through your safer retirement process, it's really to give people confidence in moving forward and clarity into where they are. Right. So I want to talk about contrast because Neil just laid out how we have a plan that provides 20 years of defined income from laddered principal guaranteed accounts. So if the markets go down hard, we don't lose any money. Like last year, average account according to S&P was down 30%. S&P was down 20, 19%. NASDAQ was down 33%. And our laddered principal guaranteed accounts didn't lose a dime. Bonds were down over 20% on average. And so now the, the contrast of our clients having that incredible peace of mind of knowing that they their income stream is coming from laddered principal guaranteed accounts. That is huge. But as soon as I say an income stream for 20 years, here's what I don't mean. And Neil, I smile when I tell you this. How many people come to our seminars and say, hey, uh, I just heard uh, across the street here, uh, this banker or broker is telling me I can get a lifetime of payments. Uh, I give them 
100,000 and over 10 years, I get seven or 8%. They double my money and then I get paid 4% for life. So we owe it to our radio community to tell you that this is one of the biggest frauds. This is my opinion, Neil, you, you weigh in on this, but um, so you're 65 years old, you get a hundred thousand at seven and a half, eight percent. It doubles in two, in 10 years. So now it's 200,000. Now you're not 65 anymore. You're 75 and you get 4% a year, 4% times 200,000 is $8,000 a year. How long does it take to get your original investment back? So that's 8,000 divided into a hundred. That's 12 and a half. So 12 and a half added to 75 is 87 and a half years old before you make a dime, before you make any money. There's no return on your investment. And if you die before that, you get your original money back. So if you die before 87 and a half, then you get a zero return on your investment starting at 65. We want to make sure that you're careful, our radio community, and you deal with a math-based fiduciary because we would never do that, could never do that. Um, and yet that happens all the time with the bankers and brokers. So we want to warn you of that. That's not what we're talking about. So when it talks about the, the laddered principal guaranteed accounts, Neil, we're combining uh, cash, three-year, five-year CD-like investments, um, seven and 10-year principal guaranteed accounts that are averaging well over 7%. And we are drawing income from those. Um, we are not doing that life annuity or income rider nonsense that uh, I talked about. So, Neil, what else would you add to show the difference between the, the scam of what I described and what we do in putting laddered principal guaranteed accounts. What else would you say? I mean, I think you, you nailed it and that was pretty succinct. Uh, it really all comes down to math. So when we look at, you know, return rates and the ability to withdraw over time, if you're going to break even 12 and a half years, actually often we're looking like 15 years out for kind of the, how that math would work out on, on what you described as well. Uh, it doesn't make sense. You'd be better off, like, in theory, holding cash that whole time and just drawing it down, especially if that's your break even. And then your state isn't, you know, hamstrung by the fact that that's now, you know, an asset that no longer exists because the insurance company is paying for you from it. So it really comes down to what makes sense, how the math works out. And we look at all of that to make sure that we're putting the best plan, most consistent plan together. And also, I want to bring up the number one fear of people 60 and older in the United States is running out of money before you die because they're looking at a pie chart trying to figure out how much money to draw from that. And no matter how smart you are, no one can do that. No one can look at a pie chart and see how much money you can draw from that. Um, in contrast, Neil, what do our clients see? Oh, we plot out the, their income. And that actually brings up a good point, too. And I mean... I feel like we talk about it consistently, but it's important to remind everyone, once we know your income and how that income will be planned through your lifetime, and there's you know room for variability, kind of depending on your situation, that's when we can really look at tax optimization. And even as we talk about the debt ceiling, um, you know, a part of that is that revenue is low. So, you know, another way to increase revenue would be to raise taxes. In 2026, we're going to see tax hikes 
um, again, as the Tax Cut and Jobs Act expires. But if you really want to solve the problem and you're the House, uh, you're probably going to raise taxes to, to overcome a lot of that uh, deficit that we have. So um, we we really look to make sure we get that income plan locked tight. And once we have that in place, we can really look at how we can minimize your taxes um, now and in the future. Let's Let's dive into that. Tax minimization. There's six parts of a properly drafted retirement plan. One is to have a plan. Two is risk reduction. Three is tax minimization, which we're going to spend some time on right now. Four is income optimization. Five is portfolio optimization. And six is fee minimization. Those are the six key points to a properly drafted retirement plan. And Neil, what percentage of people who come in um, and they're wondering how much money they can draw because uh, they're retired or, or, or they're preparing for retirement, what percentage of clients are pleasantly surprised and with the plan seeing that they're getting more than what they expected? I, I would say 100%. I don't think I've met one yet who is just like, oh, I, that's, that's less than I anticipated. Um, and there's a there's a good kind of reason for that is that we've been told um, for years that the safe withdrawal rate is 4% um, uh, created by, is that William uh, Bengen? Um, yep. Yeah. And then in, in 2009, he actually retracted that statement saying that isn't a feasible uh, means to set your withdrawal rates. So um, there, there are ways that we can create this. And that's what we look to do to make sure that we have consistent income coming in. And in a lot of cases, that income, most cases, that income is more than you expect in retirement. Okay. Well, let's start peeling the onion and going through the tax strategies that are out there. Uh, we won't get through them all in this segment. We'll just start right here. So um, first thing I want to talk about, Neil, is where we can, do you, do you try to use tax deferral? In other words, have the account grow, but try to defer taxes until you pull income out. As much as possible. And this really comes down to what income is now versus what you expect income to be in the future. So the plan is really the key point of this. Um, and then tax deferral or Roth contributions, Roth conversions become that next part of that conversation. Okay. We're going to get to Roth conversions at the start of the next segment. In my opinion, that's the biggest tax saving strategy that people have still on the table for them. How about if they've got a big spike in income how would you use a donor advised fund to help someone? Yeah, so a lot of problems with um, or making contributions to charity is that it's often below what your standard deduction would be. So a donor advised fund allows you to contribute cash or highly appreciated assets um, for a larger amount. Then you can continue to dole that same amount you were contributing to charity over time, but you're able to itemize deduct versus standard deduct um, in the year that you make that contribution to the donor advice. So when we come back, Brian and Neil will talk about Roth conversions. They're talking about some of the tools that you may not be really that familiar with, donor advised funds, QLACs, CRUDs, QCDs. There's a lot of different tools that we could put in our retirement tool belt that we may not really know what they are. And that's what Brian and the team at Decker Retirement are here to help you kind of show you the options that you have that maybe you didn't even know about when it comes to your retirement. 833-707-3030 is the number. This is complimentary. There's no charge to you to just chat with the team. They're here to help if they can. 
833-707-3030. I think it's one of the more important phone calls you'll make. 833-707-3030. More of Safer Retirement Radio with Brian J. Decker and Neil Finning of Decker Retirement right after this. Excited for retirement? All that daydreaming can be time-consuming enough as it is. So why not get a little help with your retirement planning? Call Brian at 833-707-2020 and see where you stand in retirement. Glad you're with us today for Safer Retirement Radio with Brian J. Decker and Neil Fenning of Decker Retirement Planning. Again, you can always go to the website to learn more, DeckerRetirementPlanning.com. Uh, offices all over the place that Brian has started uh, in California, in Washington, in Utah. Uh, we're glad you're with us today, but there's a lot of moving parts. And sometimes it does depend on where you are in the country on really how much maybe income you do need. Maybe you need a little bit less here, but you need a little bit more if you live over there. So there's a lot of moving parts. When they create a retirement plan for you, it is about you. The key areas, income, investment, taxes, healthcare, legacy planning. The pillars are the same, but what goes inside differs from individual, single people, divorced people, uh, widows, widowers, married couples. Everybody's situation is unique. And that's how the team at Decker Retirement looks at it in creating your plan. But it's done with you. It's not, hey, would you build me a retirement plan? I'll come back later and get it. No, it's built with you because it's a, it's your your retirement. Uh, so it's a, it's really a, the team working together with you to create your path to that successful retirement. 833-707-3030. Again, DeckerRetirementPlanning.com under the heading of Safer Retirement Education. About a dozen different things you can download for no cost to you, including Brian's book on retirement, Decker Approach uh, book. That is available to you. There's a lot of things there uh, that you can just download if you want it. You got questions? Call them. 833-707-3030. All right, Brian, continue on. You and Neil having a great discussion, and you're going to get into some Roth uh, information. And there's a big difference between Roth contributions and Roth conversions, are there not? Yes, there is. I'm I'm going to talk about. Uh, I want to I want to go back and and hit uh, Roth in a second. But right before the break, Neil, you talked about donor advised funds. There's a right way and a wrong way to use donor advised funds. The right way is with appreciated assets. The wrong way is with cash. I mean, there's good, better, best, but can you break that down for a second before we hit Mark's question on the rock? Yeah, so it's going to kind of dictate the uh, amount that you actually get to charitably deduct. So cash will give you the highest deduction um, and then highly appreciated assets will reduce the amount that you're actually able to deduct. But if instead of selling something, taking the capital gains hit, um, paying taxes on that, and then doing the contribution. Just move that into the donor advice fund. You avoid capital gains tax. You also get a deduction, and then you get to remain, uh, you know, continue to do your charitable gifting that you were doing. Okay. And and now to, uh, to Mark's point, typically uh, you've got a very low contribution limit with IRAs and Roths each year, six $7,000 a year. But what we're talking about is a conversion. There's no limits on the conversion except for common sense, which we'll talk about in a minute. We're a math-based firm, and so we're going to tell you we don't want our clients ever to be in the 32% bracket if we can help it. Um, so we try to keep our clients out of that marginal rate. But let's talk, Neil, for a second about how our strategy to try to minimize required minimum distributions and why we do that and how we do that. So I've got these numbers in my head. Um there was a study done, someone 60 years old with a million dollar IRA growing at 6% per year. 
So dutifully at age 72, they started paying required minimum distributions and then we killed them off at age 90. But it doesn't stop there. It's like the sham wow guy, but wait, there's more. During his life, he paid $676,000 in taxes and then passed the IRA on to his kids as beneficiary IRA. The SECURE Act requires them to pay the rest of the taxes, another $718,000, total of almost $1.4 million in taxes, netting after 30 years of 6% growth, net of tax transfer to his beneficiaries on a million dollars growing 6% a year is only a million two twenty three three eight five. That, listeners, if you understand what we just went through, is why, in my opinion, the IRA is the most tax inefficient account on the planet. And the IRS loves it. Uh, Congress loves it as a vehicle to fleece the investors. So I want to make sure that in contrast to transferring $1.2 million over net to your kiddos, um, here's how we do it. We recommend an IRA to Roth conversion. And I'm going to tee this up for you, uh, Neil, but here uh, at 60 years old, we aggressively and proactively convert IRA to Roth. So in this case, 225, 225, 225, and then 50,000 a year so that by age 72, there is no IRA left. That whole million dollars converted, taxes paid, moved over to a Roth. So we proactively do that. And then at age 90, this person passes away. In contrast to paying 1.4 million in taxes, the total taxes here are 319 million, almost 1.1 million less. And instead of transferring 1.2 net to the beneficiaries here, we transfer 4.1 million net of tax to uh, our beneficiaries. So let that sink in. And this is why, Neil, I'm going to pepper you with a bunch of questions about the Roth. I personally believe that the Roth is the biggest tax saving strategy most widely available still left on the table. I, I'm, I'm thinking easily there's six figures in tax savings for the person that's 65 years old. So Neil, um, share your thoughts about the Roth and where to use it and where not to use it. Like you wouldn't use it in an account that you're going to pull money from sooner rather than later, right? So tell us how you would use it and how you do the calculation. Yeah. So this might get a little pedantic, so I'll try to keep it high level. But in general, I look at what kind of income you want to generate in the future and then target a required minimum distribution below that. So if possible, getting as much from the IRA account to Roth um, sooner rather than later, especially with the Tax Cut and Jobs Act expiring in three years, um, is a really good tactic to kind of minimize taxes now. Um, so, I mean, we're in a relatively low marginal tax rate relative to, you know, from like the 50s to the 60s, the highest marginal bracket was 91%. So there's there's plenty of opportunity for the government to raise taxes even further after the expiration of the Tax Cut and Jobs Act. So being cognizant of that, being proactive in that is really important. We can start to eliminate those, those taxable um, effects of the IRA right now. Um, but to Brian's point, if we are going to end up withdrawing from, you know, a pre-tax account in the next one, three, five, seven years, um, that's 
not the account that we're looking to do, you know, conversions in. That's that's going to be factored into your income. So we're looking for any money that's well out into the future because a Roth becomes really valuable when you get growth in it because all of that growth is tax free. Um, and to the point about, you know, getting your heirs $4.1 million. Now, if that's your priority, that's great. We can set that up to make sure that your legacy benefit is substantial. But think of all the the money that you can spend tax-free from that, right? So this is your money. You've built it for your retirement. Why not use it and spend it flexibly without worrying about the IRS taxing any of those dollars? So using the Roth and being proactive and uh, you know consistent, knowing what kind of goal you want to target, is really what we look to do and make sure that that benefit, you know, works out as optimally and efficiently as it can. Okay, good. And so, Neil, you did, you you mentioned that we would never convert IRA to Roth in accounts that you're pulling from in the first 10 plus years. So, uh, or I'm sorry, with years one through 10. And the reason is, if you do an IRA to Roth conversion, you can't pull money without penalty uh, for the first five years on those funds. And so we want to make sure that it's the highest growing account, which is the risk account, and the longest term account before you need it, which is the risk account. But we're doing two things at once. We are drawing income, right, in our plan from IRAs. And what is that doing? It's doing exactly what Neil said. We are reducing the IRA money for that client going into their RMD years, the required minimum distribution years. So we are doing two things at once. We're doing IRA to Roth conversions to lower the IRA amount, moving more money to the Roth. And also at the same time, we're drawing income from age 65 to 72, 73. Uh, we are drawing down on the IRAs so that by the time they are 70 through 73, we have less IRA exposure. So that's important. Now, Neil, let's talk about how we do the calculation Let's say that I'll just give you a number. I've got the tax tables right in front of me, so I I can help. Uh, let's say someone makes two hundred thousand dollars. They fought. They're married, filing jointly. So two hundred thousand minus the standard deductions, easy math. So that's one hundred and seventy-three thousand dollars is their AGI adjusted gross income. So they are in a marginal rate of twenty-two percent. So they have 173,000 AGI at 22%. It uh, maxes out at 190,000. So there's uh, 17,000 in the 22% rate. But Neil, there's not a big deal between 22 and 24%. That goes up to 364. There is a big jump between 24 and 32. Let's say they have 400,000, 500,000 in the risk bucket and they don't have any Roth. No, let's say that they have 100,000 in Roth. So 500,000 with 100,000 of Roth, that's where we put their Roth money is in the risk bucket. It's going to grow fast. It's going to, uh, that's a whole nother radio show is how we grow the money using um, our, our two-sided strategies that are designed to make money in up markets, protect capital in down markets. But here, Neil, would you, would you advise them to maybe do a hundred thousand and be pretty aggressive in getting the rest of that done because something's happening. I'm being sarcastic. January one of 2026. What's your strategy there? Oh yeah, I I mean I would I would definitely look to the 24 percent bracket in that case. Um, now there's a lot of assumptions that have to go into Roth conversion analysis. 
So even as we project it years into the into the future, like there's a lot of variables that can take place. But knowing what we know now and knowing what will happen, you know, January 1st, 2026, which is when the Tax Cut Jobs Act expires, 12% goes up to 15% tax rate, 23 goes to, to 24, 28, or 24 goes to 28. Um, so there there's already going to be a jump in three years. So if we can get in front of that, convert a really significant portion of that IRA account, now it's growing tax-free, um, I'm absolutely going to suggest moving up to the 24% bracket. So Neil, this is in contrast to um, the advice from bankers and brokers that they would say to you, Neil, you need to have more Roth. And they, you would say, well, how much and what account and how much per year? And does that affect my tax bracket? We take all of that into consideration uh, when we do the Roth conversion, which accounts watching to make sure that the marginal rates aren't pushed into 32%. We Ideally, we try to keep you in the same marginal tax bracket without raising your tax. But uh, anyhow, there's a right and wrong way to do the Roth conversion. So we've got another segment to get to with Brian and Neil. This is Safer Retirement Radio. They've got some areas they're going to talk about, some of the tools that maybe you're not aware of. Uh, maybe they would fit into your portfolio. Maybe they would make sense. That's one of the keys. If it doesn't make sense for you, they don't bring it up because they're, they're here to help. They're not here to sell. It's about you and your situation. And it kind of goes back to Warren Buffett of uh, Berkshire Hathaway just had his annual meeting of his shareholders in Omaha early May. And here's what he had to say that basically is pretty interesting. He said, basically, the opportunity is there because of other people making dumb mistakes, <laughs> dumb decisions. That's kind of a, I, that's not exactly the quote, but that's kind of the idea. And so when you work with a team like Decker Retirement, they're here to help make sure that you don't do dumb things because you didn't know better. That's the idea. Having a plan is really the key. And then the plan's not like the plan is written in gold, right, or in stone. It's going to change as you go because things are going to happen in your life. So the, the, the safer retirement process is always walking you through your situation and how do they, oh, this happened. Oh, we got a tweak over here. So there's a lot of moving parts. The Roth, do we do it? Do we not do it? How much do we do? When do we do it? How do we do it? All those things, it comes down to you. Your neighbor might be doing it differently. Your uncle might be doing it different. Your brother might be doing it different. Your sister. Everybody's situation is unique, and that's how the team at Decker Retirement looks at it. Can they help? They don't know. Give them a call and find out. Say, here's some of the questions and concerns I have, and then find out. I think, that's why I think it's such an important phone call. Most do not have a plan. When you think about all Americans, most do not, and most are concerned, boy, I hope I don't run out of money, because they don't have a plan. I mean, if you have a plan, it doesn't guarantee you're never going to run out of money, I suppose. But you have a plan, you got an idea where you are. 833-707-3030 is the number. 833-707-3030. It is totally complimentary. There's no cost, no obligation, no pressure. 833-707-3030. Back with our final segment of Safer Retirement Radio with Brian and Neil. Back right after this. Confused on when to take Social Security? Give Brian J. Decker a call at 833-707-3030. What if you ordered a pizza, but when you opened the box, a couple of pieces were missing? That would be upsetting, right? Now, think about how much you believe you've saved for retirement. Do you still owe taxes on that money? 
Brian Decker and his team at Decker Retirement Planning understand the importance of tax planning and can help you reduce the impact that Uncle Sam has on your retirement. Give them a call today to start working on your retirement tax plan at 833-707-3030. Now may be a great time to lower your future tax liability. Create a retirement plan today so that you can get as many slices of your retirement pie as possible. Give Brian Decker a call at 833-707-3030 and schedule a visit. That's 833-707-3030. Firm offers insurance services and may not give tax advice. Security and insurance services offered by Decker Retirement Planning, a registered investment advisor with the SEC. You're listening to Safer Retirement Radio. If you like what you hear on today's show or have questions, drop by DeckerRetirementPlanning.com or call 833-707-3030 to talk to Brian. Glad you're with us today for Safer Retirement Radio with Brian J. Decker and Neil Finning of Decker Retirement Planning. Always find out more on the website, DeckerRetirementPlanning.com. You have questions, concerns, I still think it's one of the more important phone calls you might make. 833-707-3030. No cost. Team's here to help if they can. 833-707-3030. I'm Mark Kelly. Glad you're with us. Uh, Brian, you're going to spend, you and Neil are going to spend this final segment talking about some of these crazy letters that are uh, investment tools that I don't know what any of them are. So uh, clue me in. Let's talk about the CRT, the CRUT, actually, the Charitable Remainder Unit Trust. And so, Neil, tell me how, if I've got highly appreciated assets like stocks or real estate and I want to sell them. I don't want to just give them to my uh, beneficiaries and have a, a, a stepped up basis to transfer those. Let's say I need the money and I and I, you're telling me that I don't have to pay a capital gain. I, I think the cruts are so cool because there's so much you can do with them and it can get rather complex. So if I boil it down to kind of the simple uh, facets of it, um, but CRUT stands for Charitable Remainder Unit Trust. So anything you contribute to that trust will have the remainder. So whatever's left over, and that's the important part, um, gifted to that charity. What a CRUT allows you to do is move in those highly appreciated assets you were referring to. They have to do that before you sell them. So if you're going to retitle real estate, you retitle it into the trust. Um, you open up a brokerage trust account, move those highly appreciated stock assets in, and then you can sell it in the trust. You don't realize any capital gains. So if it's really substantial capital gains, you don't have to pay any capital gains tax. Then you can get a deduction, and this really depends on your age, based on that contribution amount. So let's say hypothetically you move in a million dollars and you get a 30% deduction on that. Well, that's 300,000 you can write off against your income taxes. You have five years to take that whole balance out. Um, and then you're able to also get a 5% to 10, 15, 20% distribution of that same balance every year as income. Now, once it's in the CRUD and you sell it, you avoid that capital gains. You can invest those assets. So if you're taking a 5% distribution and you're getting a 6% growth rate, well, you're growing your assets every single year, increasing the amount of income that you're withdrawing from that. So CRUT is great because it avoids capital gains tax. It avoids, um, it pro produces income and it provides you a deduction that you can use to write off your income in that year or for a five-year period. So this is used on real estate and um, and highly appreciated stock assets mostly, right? And, and so you're able to avoid paying the capital gains. You put in X uh, in the CRUT 
you sell it, there's no capital gain, and you pull back a taxable income stream for life, ideally 3x, right? Three or 4x over your lifetime. But Neil, there's a there's a case to be made that we would go ahead and recommend paying the capital gain rate as long as, because today's capital gain rate is probably the lowest it's ever going to be in our lifetimes up until January 1 of 2026. So some people just do not want to pay that capital gains tax. And some people are saying, hey, I'll pay the lower capital gains rate and, and uh, wash those assets and they're, uh, I'll, I can use them for the rest of my life. So how do you divide those cases up? Yeah, that's that's a really good point to make. Um, and it, it can be a little bit more kind of calculation intensive. It is more calculation intensive. Um, it really depends on what your capital gain rate is now, what your capital gain and income rate will be in the future. And then you can make a like very strong mathematical case to say, if I avoid this capital gains tax versus selling it over this period of time, well, then I've saved myself this much in taxes and I've increased my income going forward from there. So in some cases, it makes makes perfect sense to use a charitable remainder trust. In other cases, it makes perfect sense to pay those capital gains tax, especially if you can control that zero capital gains tax bracket and 15% capital gains tax bracket. Okay, let's talk about the quadro. So I've got a client right now who with an age difference of 10 years, they both have 401ks, one is 65, one is 55. There's a huge advantage now that we've talked about the Roth conversion uh, to use the Quadro. So how does that work? Yeah, the Quadro is interesting. Um, and anybody who's heard of it out of the context that I'm just about to describe, um, I'm sorry. Uh, so qualified domestic relations order is where you split 401k assets. So employer backed assets. This is something that the court um, you have to get approved by the court to be able to do. But what you're focusing on is the age difference because once somebody starts required minimum distributions, right, it's based on their balance in their pre-tax account. So it's based on that balance and their age. If you have a much younger spouse and you transfer 50% of that pre-tax asset to your spouse, well, now your obligation for required minimum distributions is reduced and you have this longer runway to do Roth conversions. So it's an incredibly powerful vehicle. It's just important, you know, for the situation It has to be rather specific. Okay. Now I'll cover the islet really quick. Irrevocable life insurance trust is a way to pay with pennies on the dollar um, any state, uh, a state tax. So for example, in the state of Washington, uh, there's a 20% state estate tax. And so we want to make sure that if people, a lot of people, Neil, say, hey, I'm dead. I don't care. But the other half say, geez, after paying a lifetime of taxes, no, I'm not going to, if I've got a $4 million estate, I'm not going to pay $800,000 in state estate tax to the state of Washington. I'm not going to do it. So what we can do is use a second to die policy held outside, that's key, outside of your estate, paid with crummy tax provision gifting to your kids so that they're paying the premiums, you die, money comes due, and like, I don't know, 15, 20 cents on the dollar that you paid in, you get your uh, $800,000 um, tax-free coming due outside of your estate to pay the estate tax on the state level. Um, part of our estate planning is telling people to move out of this 
states that have high estate tax uh, exposure there. But that's the um, Irrevocable Life Insurance Trust. Um, with the two minutes that we have left, Neil, tell us about cost segregation. Cost segregation um, comes down to real estate assets, investment real estate assets. Uh, it's a great way to accelerate depreciation on your property. Um, so if you set like a normal schedule, say 20 years of depreciation, right? Like that works well. It's reducing your income over that 20 year period. But a cost segregation study is where you have, you know, an analyst come in review all of the features that you updated on that property. So let's say you spend 100, 150,000 on a remodel. You can hire an appraiser for, you know, 25, 100, 5,000, 10,000, really depends on the property to come in, look at each of the things that you added, new roof, new siding, um, new appliances in some cases, uh, and accelerate that depreciation schedule on each of those specific features. So now instead of a 20-year depreciation schedule, you know, you've got a 7-year, 10-year, 15-year depreciation schedule on those specific pieces. And so that reduces the amount of taxable income you're taking because the depreciation is offsetting that portion. And let's say after that's fully depreciated, you want to replace, do another remodel, you know, pay for another cost segregation study, rinse and repeat. You can also do this with 1031 exchanges. So it's an incredibly powerful um, as you go in to analyze a property to make sure that, you know, this is what I want to update. This is what I want to depreciate. All right, Neil, that's awesome. You can have a tax-free income stream created by accelerated depreciation with your rental properties. I know that there's a, a lot of people who want to uh, send money down to their grandkids, but there's a generation skipping penalty of 48% that can be avoided by properly using a dynasty trust that you use, you you draft it while you're living, listed as a beneficiary, send money to your kids, grandkids, their kids, their kids, their kids. It's perpetual. It's per stirpes, bloodline only, meaning if there's a divorce with your great grandson, money stays bloodline, it stays in the estate, and you're able to incent responsible behavior. You can gift uh, from the dynasty trust uh, a certain percent uh, for college, books and tuition, for first home, first wedding, first child, whatever you want to incent, you can incent. And this trust pays out for, for years and generations. And everyone remembers you um, because that trust has blessed their lives. So maybe you learned about some tools that you were not aware of, and you're like, boy, that one made sense for me. I'd like to learn more about that. Well, give the team a call at Decker Retirement. It's the 833-707-3030 is the number. And they can walk you through some of these things, but really it's about you and your situation. How can they help you? How can they give you more confidence, more clarity as it pertains to your retirement? Some of these tools may be a factor. Some of them may not be. Everybody's situation is unique. And that's how Brian and Neil and the team at Decker Retirement look at it. How can they help you uh, have that more comfortable retirement? Do the things you want to do. Do the things you've always dreamed of doing. Well, it really comes down to having that plan in place. 833-707-3030 again is the number. No, This is complimentary. No cost to you. 
Uh, that's why I think it's a great opportunity for you to learn more about your situation. 833-707-3030. My thanks to Neil Finning and, of course, as always, to Brian Decker. Appreciate you being with us for Safer Retirement Radio. Enjoy the rest of the weekend. Have a great week. Brian and Neil or somebody will probably be back next week with more of Safer Retirement Radio. Security and insurance services offered by Decker Retirement Planning, a registered investment advisor with the SEC. Investing involves risk, including the potential loss of principal. Any references to protection, safety, or lifetime income generally refer to fixed insurance products, never securities or investments. Insurance guarantees are backed by the financial strength and claims paying abilities of the issuing carrier. This radio show is intended for informational purposes only. It is not intended to be used as the sole basis for financial decisions, nor should it be construed as advice designed to meet the particular needs of an individual situation. Decker Retirement Planning is not permitted to offer and no statement made during this show shall constitute tax or legal advice. Our firm is not affiliated with or endorsed by the U.S. government or any governmental agency. The information and opinions contained herein provided by third parties have been obtained from sources believed to be reliable, but accuracy and completeness cannot be guaranteed by Decker Retirement Planning. This radio show is a paid placement.